illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down and eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right half from the zone 25, goes back to throw and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half from the right back. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, Ken into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Wojtnik, he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heiner Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heiner Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host, head chef, planner, and chief bottle washer, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me this week from a vintage yurt on the central Oregon coast, the lead driver and director of thermodynamic lipid immersion, my co-host and brother, the Beach. How the heck you doing, Beach? You know what, Billy? I'm holding in there. You know my thoughts on camping, so your your life is not my life. <laughs> right on. Well, sometimes you know you got to make do. I've been making a lot of sacrifices I lately. That. I understand that. Well, the purpose of illegal participation is for us to spread our inside experiences and passion for the Oregon State Beavers with others, and just generally talk beaver sports, football, tailgating, and screw around along the way. Beach, today is show fifty six. 56, season three, episode 13. We're going to start off with a little Beaver Sports news. Do you have an update from Eugene from us? I do have an update from right Eugene. On. We will go under further review for week number 11 in the Pac-12. We have another Tommy Tuberville jackass of the week. We will preview the upcoming week 12 games in the Pac. And then I think, uh, do you have a Rosie Ruiz cheaters and horrors for us? I do. It's an interesting cheaters and horse. Right on. Cool. And uh, we'll throw in a little ACDC along the way. Sound good? Sounds great, Billy. I'm always loving the right ACDC. On. Well, I just want to remind everybody, if you want to get in touch with us, there's a couple ways. You can leave us a voicemail at 541-207-3586. Email us, HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at HeinrichTailgator, and you can check out our Facebook. Just search for HeinrichTailgator. All right, Beej, you ready to start with a little beaver Bill- news? Well, have we gotten any emails in a while? Uh, just the weekly ones from Kyle. You know, that's disappointing. Somebody send us some email. Yeah, and we'll read it on the air. Uh, so like yeah, 10 other just... people can hear it. Exactly. Well, don't don't be so, you know, Billy, it's only about okay. five. All right, Beach, ready to go for a little Beaver Sports news? <laughs> yeah, right, let's Beach, do this. Let's talk a little women's volleyball. 
You know, Billy, I watched women vo- women's volleyball the other night on you TV. Did. I did. It was on the Pac-12 and? network. Billy, I love women's volleyball. It's my right favorite on. sport. Uh, the org. There's a there's a cute little brunette who. Uh, God dang it! What was her name? It starts with a B, I think. Don't know. Uh, Brenda. Okay. What was the last name? It was oh, on the back I of her jersey. Said something with a B. Okay. All right. I don't know. We'll go on. The Oregon State women's volleyball team beat the number 19 Arizona State Sun Devils in five sets in the desert last Friday night. Way to mm-hmm. go. Then on Sunday, the Beavles, the Beavs battled number 14 Arizona before losing in four sets. That's the game yeah. that I watched. So the women are now 17-10 and 10 overall, 7-9 and nine in the Pac-12, and take on number 21 USC on Friday at noon and number 18 UCLA on Saturday at 7. Now... All of these teams that's, are ranked. Are is are the Beavers ranked? That's the ranked? Pac-12 in volleyball, Beach. No, they're not. Now, okay. the November 21st match against USC will feature free admission to all OSU faculty and staff with their OSU ID card and $1 admission to all other fans. Now, um, fans are encouraged to bring their lunch to Gill Coliseum and have lunch with the Beaver volleyball team. Yeah. Wow. It's kind of a neat little promotion. Yeah. Let's come in and... Uh, have lunch and watch the game. Have you have you have you heard on a on a side note? Have you heard the the big thing about what they're doing in elementary and junior high and high schools no. here? They're they're doing a brown bag lunch thing. Oh, to protest they're, the uh, the crappy food that has been mandated by uh, Michelle well, Obama. Well, she hasn't mandated it, but she pushed for it. Yeah, yeah. She's the one that pushed the well, uh, the rules. Lower calorie content, but it's still just as crappy food. You're just getting less. Well, the of problem it. is some of these kids. That's all the calories they're getting all day. You know, there was, um, and I guess what this is, this is the thing that they're doing with this brown bag lunch. It's becoming such a thing that even the the kids who can't afford uh, to bring uh-huh. their own lunch, people are bringing lunches in for cool. them. Yeah, I, th- I thought that was a really that's awesome cool. deal. Anyway. That's my little side note there. Sorry okay. about that. But Brown Baggett with the Beaver Volleyball right team. Cool. Awesome. All right, Beach. We're going to move on to men's volleyball. Or, excuse me, men's soccer. Uh, yeah, I thought this was about sports, yeah. Billy. Um, the Oregon State men's soccer team significantly enhanced its NCAA tournament hopes on Sunday with a 2 to nothing victory over number 9 Washington at the Husky soccer field in the Beavers' regular season finale. Now, just this afternoon, Beach, the NCAA mm-hmm. announced that the men's team did indeed make the tournament and will host the University of Denver on Thursday in the first round. It will kick off at 5 p.m. Now, this is the Beavs' third appearance overall and first since 2003 in the tournament. Wow, it's been a long time. A long time. time coming. But that's cool. So so this is this would be like how many teams go into this tournament? Um, I'm not sure, Beach. I didn't even look. Probably 32. Okay. Okay. I imagine something like that. Cool. Cool. Well, we'll see yeah. how they do. All right, Beach. Next up is wrestling. It's right. awesome, Billy. Always a fan right of wrestling. On. Guys wrestling, getting all sweaty and hot and groping each other. And then and you wonder why you can't get nothing, a date. Uh, I was going to say nothing more than a heterosexual loves to watch <laughs> than that. The Oregon State wrestling team made history on two levels on Thursday night with a 43-6 to victory over Southern Oregon before a crowd of 1,413 at Gill Coliseum. 
Now, the 24th-ranked Beavers, who are now 1-0, became just the third NCAA Division I program with 1,000 dual wins by defeating the number two-ranked team in NAIA. They joined Iowa State, who has 1,043, and Oklahoma State, who has 1,026 in that very exclusive fraternity. And Coach Jim Zaleski earned his 100th career victory at OSU, improving his mark to 140-2 in eight-plus seasons in Corvallis. Yeah, wow. Cool. You know what I think is really what? funny? Well, if I remember from our last podcast, if I'm recalling this, Oregon doesn't have a wrestling that is, team. That is correct. Is that right? Yet, Southern Oregon has a wrestling yes. team. And they're wow. top ranked in NAIA. Wow. You would think that that would be... Well, oh, hold on, hold on here. Okay, so the 24th ranked Beavers mm-hmm. are now in a very exclusive fraternity. So you know it's only a matter of time before Oregon has a, has a wrestling team I wouldn't again. doubt it, Beach. Wouldn't put yeah, it past them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll be waiting for the announcement just shortly after the end of the tournament this year. That has nothing to do with anything related to Oregon State University. Nice. Right? Isn't that, Pretty, isn't that the case? Yeah, nothing to do. Yeah. All right, Beach. On Sunday, Oregon State senior 184-pounder Taylor Meeks and freshman 125-pounder Rodney Bresser each won their weight classes at the Roadrunner Open Tournament at Selland Arena in Fresno. Now, it was the second consecutive tournament title for the duo, who also won their respective weight classes at the Mike Clock Open in Forest Grove on November 9th. Now, this was a, a uh, meet where they didn't keep any team scores. Yeah. Oh, okay, so that's cool. It's it's that's that that's that new wave of uh, kids coming through, right? Nobody keeps score. Everybody There's gets no a trophy. Score. They keep score for individuals. Okay, okay. All right, Beads, let's move on to women's basketball. I love women's basketball, Billy. It's my favorite right sport. Senior Allie Gibson became the 17th player in OSU history to reach a 1,000 career points as the number 20 Beavers basketball team opened the 2014-15 season with an 87-65 victory over Portland uh, Friday night at Gill Coliseum. Then, six Beavers scored in double figures as the women surged past Utah State 85-62 Sunday afternoon. Now, the victory was the 11th straight home in a winning streak that goes back to January 13th of of this year. Now, the Beavers are 2-0 on the season and take on Concordia at Gill on Saturday. That's awesome. So good to see. Getting off to a good start. Yeah, yeah. Ruick looks like he's starting off again, uh, having mm-hmm, a good season. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, Beach, on to men's basketball. And I'll say 1,000 career yeah, points. I, that's pretty damn good, especially considered, you know, the women's scores are usually quite a bit lower yeah, than men's. That, that's really damn well. All right, Beach, yeah. on to men's basketball. Okay. Um, early last week, the men's basketball team announced four national letter of intent signees. Uh, Derek Bruce, a six foot three, 165 pound guard from Orlando. Drew Eubanks, a 6'10", 225 pound forward from Troutdale, Oregon. Stephen Thompson Jr., a 6'3", 165 pound guard from Torrance, California. And Trey Tinkle, a 6'7", 250 pound forward from Missoula. Now, both Thompson and Tinkle are obviously sons of coaches. Then, Beach, just today, and I hope I get this name right, Grigory Rekovic. 
A 6'10", 245-pound center from Montenegro signed a national letter of intent. Now, this group beach has been rightly seen as a top 10 national recruiting I think class. it's Rakosovic. Rik- Rik- Rikosovic? Yeah, you bet you're right. Rikosovic. I bet yeah. you're right because there's that other C in there. Rikosovic. Yeah. So, Gilgori Rikosovic, 6'10", 245-pound center. So, pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. So this, this, but these guys are all going to be starting next yes, this season, will be correct? Next season. This, this right season now we're working with pretty tough. much kids. Pretty much we're working with an intramural class it's right now. It's going to be tough. That being said, beads, the Med did earn their first victory of the Wayne Tinkle era on Friday with a 67 to 54 win over Rice before a crowd of 4,759. How how is Rice? Are they a pretty uh, good? They team? weren't very good last year. Okay, but considering we got a bunch of kids that just came straight out of intramural class to play basketball. Considering they lost to Western Oregon last week in their exhibition game, anything's a big improvement. Yeah. Awesome. So the Bees are now 1-0 Beach, and they host Corbin College at 7 p.m. Tuesday night, which will be tonight, as most people listen to this, at Gill Coliseum. Yeah. Sweet. Hey, hey, Beach, is that a teletype I hear behind you? Billy, hold on just one second. Let me pull this sucker off here. Billy, this just in. Due to the heavy haze that has surrounded Eugene for the last two weeks, orders were given to our own Captain Rex to fly over the scene to give us a live update. Here is his update. Well, Beach, we are now flying over what I believe to be Austin Unit Stadium. It is tough to make out such a heavy through the heavy haze. I have never seen such a large, thick cloud of smoke covering a city before. The smoke is so thick it seems to be coming inside the chopper. Rex, Rex, are you there? Look at me, I'm flying. Rex, are you okay? You don't sound like yourself, dude. Dude! Do you hear that? That's my skull! Rex! Rex, are you okay? I I, I think we lost Rex, Billy. Oh, crap, Beach. Is everything going to be okay? I don't know. We'll have to get an update next week. You know, we might have to go check the local 7-Elevens, see if there's any Doritos or Funyuns missing. Nachos, dude. Nachos. <laughs> Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I'm sure Rex will be okay, but we'll, we'll, Check we'll next week. do an update next week, find out how he is. Okay, that sounds good. Oh, I hope Captain Rex is going to be okay. Oh, great name, Captain Rex, too. All right, Beach. Um, are you ready to go under further review for week number 12 in the Pac-12? After further review, the runner did cross the line. I am. 12 weeks down, Beach. 12 and the 12. Can't believe that. All right, Beach. The first game that was... Oh, let's let's start here, Beach. So at the end of last week, these were the standings. You and Kyle were tied at 44 out of 72. Okay. I was in the lead at 46 out of 72. Okay. All right, Beach. First... Well, didn't, didn't we all pick the same teams this yeah, last yes, week, we though? So there's not going to be any movement no, in the score. No. Really? Well, everybody's okay. score will be moving up. Okay. okay, so uh, the first game that was up Thursday... One of the few times I'm able yes. to score. 
Yes, unlike Friday nights. Um, so the first game was Thursday, October, uh, November 13th, Cal at USC. Do you remember who you took? I took USC. That is correct, Beach. Actually, all three of us took USC. USC wide receiver Nelson Aguilar caught a career-high 16 passes for 216 yards and two TDs, and quarterback Cody Kessler passed for 371 yards and four scores as USC beat Cal 38-30. Now, USC shredded Cal early for a 39, or excuse me, 38-2 lead before holding on for the victory. So Cal came storming back, but uh, USC was able to hold on. Wow. So we all get the point there, Beach. So how is uh, USC in the South? Are they? Well, I guess we'll recap that after we, the we kind of will see be, how the South is but, doing. But uh, I'll okay. just say this real easy: it's a me- it's a mess yeah. down there. Okay. okay. All right. All right. All the rest of the games, Beach, were on Saturday, November fifteenth. First okay. up, Washington at Arizona. Do you remember who you took? I think I took Arizona because, as you always say. Washington's just not that well, good this Beach, year. All three of us took Arizona. Now, junior Arizona place kicker Casey Scourin kicked a 47-yard field goal with no time left to lift the Wildcats to a 27-26 victory over the Huskies Saturday afternoon in Tucson. Now, Scourin had received internet death threats after he missed a go-ahead 36-yarder in the final minute in a loss to USC. Now, Beach, Washington... No, no stress, no stress there. there. Now, <laughs> I kill you. <laughs> now, Washington just needed to take a knee and run out the clock at the end of the game, but decided to hand off to its running back. When it did, Tremaine Bondurant for USC knocked the ball out of his hands, or for Tremaine Bondurant for Washington... Excuse me. Tremaine Bondurant of Arizona knocked the ball out of the Washington running back's hands, and Arizona recovered it at the Washington 45 with a minute 23 to go. They gained a few yards. Why would, why would, why would you do something so stupid? Why wouldn't you just take the well, victory formation? Because they couldn't completely run out the clock. If they would have okay. taken three knees, they would have had less than 10 seconds to punt the ball. So they would have punted okay. the ball back with less than 10 seconds left, and there would have been that run back. So if they get a first down, the game's over. So that's what they're mm-hmm. trying to do is ice the game. Now, okay. Arizona was able to gain a few yards and line up for a field goal. Now, as Scourin was lining up to kick the first field goal, the ball was right before the ball was snapped, Washington head coach Chris Peterson called a timeout. Scourin missed that kick. The second attempt, which there was no timeout, he nailed it. I bet she kicks himself for calling that timeout. It is what it is. So, yeah, a lot of people were like, they, they, you know, my my thing is, you run the clock down as far as you can, and then you just, you know, kick the crap out of the ball. Just have your punter just Mm -hmm. boot it. You know. Yeah. Just boot the crap out of it. Yeah, because ultimately, even if you get it into the end zone and they get it on the twenty, they've got one play to go eighty some odd yards. Yeah, which, I mean, that's that's tough any way you look at it. All right, Beach, so we all got the point there, although it was a lucky one. Exciting game, though. We we had it on out at the tailgater. Yeah, I know. I I remember watching the kick. I remember just kind of laughing when they called the timeout and he missed the kick. All right, Beach, next up, Utah at Stanford. Ooh, this one 
We all picked Utah. That is correct, Beach. And Utah quarterback Travis Wilson ended a virtual defensive stalemate with a brief, brief burst of offense in the second overtime, throwing a three-yard TD pass to Kenneth, Kenneth Scott to send Utah to a 27, excuse me, 20 to 17 win Saturday night. Now, Kalen Clay, the wide receiver who dropped the ball at the one last week against Oregon, caught a 25-yard yeah. TD pass on a real route on the first play of the first overtime before the Cardinal came back with a tying score. So he redeemed himself a little bit. I noticed that he carried the ball into the end zone and then handed it to the referee. Looks like he learned his lesson. Yeah. Now Stanford, man, they've really, uh, they've lost what, four games now? Yeah. Yeah. Uncharacteristic. I mean, not that, not that they're a bad team at all. I mean, their losses, I don't think have been by large margins. I mean, this one was a double overtime. Exactly. So, but anyways, uh, all right, Beach. So we're all three of three at that point. And the last game on the docket was Arizona State, number six Arizona State, at Oregon State. We all picked the Beavers on this one, even though I stressed a little bit over it. Now, linebacker Michael Doctor returned an interception 35 yards for a TD with a minute 38 left to seal the Beavers' 35-27 upset win over the number six Sun Devils on Saturday night. The Beavs pulled in front 28-27 on Sean Mannion's 66-yard TD pass to Jordan Villeman with 10.55 to go. Now, Mannion finished with 241 yards and two TDs in snapping the Beavers' four-game losing streak. Villeman had four catches for 127 yards, while running back Teron Ward ran for 148 yards in an early TD. Mannion reached 80 career TD passes, moving past Derek Anderson in the process. Now, the Beavs struck first with Storm Woods' 78-yard run. Now, that was the longest TD play of the season, the longest run of Woods' career, and the longest Beaver run since Steven Jackson's 80-yarder against UCLA in 2002. It's been 12 years since Steven Jackson played Actually, for us? Steven Jackson, his last year was 2003. But it's still been 11 years since Steven Jackson played yes. for us? Holy crap. Yes. You had Steven Jackson in 03. In 04, you had Dwight Wright was the running back. Is that right? Okay. Yeah, 04 was Dwight Wright. 05, 06, 07 was Evanson Bernard. 08, okay. 09, and 10 was Quiz. Okay. Oh, who'd we have in 11? I don't even really remember who our running back was in 2011. 2012, 13, and 14, it's been Storm and Tehran and a little bit of Chris Brown's uh, dribbled in there the last two years. Okay. So, hmm. great game, though, Beach. Great game. Wow. I love the passion that the bees came out with. They seemed more excited than I have seen. You know, I heard even on the uh, uh, on the broadcast they were saying that the Beavers were cheering on the sidelines and into the game. It was very noticeable where they said Arizona just seemed to be standing there watching mm-hmm. the game. They said the sideline activity was was stark. Well, was there was a stark contrast between the sideline well, activity with the loss last week to Washington State. And all of the haranguing by critics and fans and people questioning Riley's ability and the team's commitment. There's, there's two ways the team can respond to that. They fold mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or they circle the wagons and they say, forget everybody else. Forget the fans, forget the critics, forget the press. We only worry about the guys in this locker room. And that's what it should be anyway. Yeah. Screw everybody else. You worry about the, your brothers in the locker room. And it looks like that's what they did. And they really responded. And they came out and played a great game. 
Um, those two long runs, Beej, I don't know if you know, but those were actually audibles by Mannion at the line. No, yeah, I did not yeah, know he that. He audibled into those plays. That was something that they uh, had kind of game plan for and say, hey, if you start to see, if you see what they're doing here, they're going to be susceptible to a long run. If we can get through that first line of defense, there's not going to be anyone back over the top. Um, same with that long touchdown pass to Villeman. They had said if they go to a cover zero, which means there's no safety over the top, that mm-hmm. you know if Villeman or, or Hunter Jarman can get past can get a step on their defender there's not gonna be anyone there to stop them and that's exactly what happened and uh, actually on that play manny was getting blitzed pretty hard and he had to stay in there an extra count and put that ball out just perfectly for villaman to catch and run into the end zone so beautiful game i thought the beefs played a great game all in all they held held arizona state to 110 yards in the second half and really i thought dominated most of the game no i agree no, they, they did. I felt, you know, there's a couple areas where we were weak, but uh, for the most part, they were, I mean, they definitely played the better yeah, game. I agree. I agree. So, uh, Beavs send number six, Arizona State packing. It was great there after the game. Now, you took off because you were just blasted tired. Well, that, that, and yeah, and then mom and, and, Jess. uh, Jess needed to go home yeah. too. They were, they yeah. were done. But dad and I stayed, and dude, we had a great time. We froze our asses off. No, God, I've never been to a colder Dude, it was game than that in my life. 27 degrees at halftime. That was brutal. Mm. Just brutal. But I uh, had a great time. It was a great game. Great tailgater, too. That was a Cold great tailgater. Again. Cold as heck, but we had a good tailgater. Um, went through quite a few dogs, quite a bit of, of chicken yeah. for the nachos. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it was a great time. I think the nachos were more popular than the dogs. I think so, too. Which was weird because when we've done it in the past, the dogs were more popular. Right. And so mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I'll get more dogs. Yeah. And this time the chicken nachos are more popular. So I don't know what the hell to do. <laughs> Anyways, good time. Had uh, somebody come up, one of the readers off Pure Orange, where I post my fact of the day in the off season countdown mm-hmm. and, and brought mm-hmm. me a little gift. What did he bring you? You, you didn't see? Oh, he no. brought me a. Uh, oh, was that that bottle of uh, Jack yeah. Daniels? OK, yeah. I did see that. So. Little Jack Daniels tailgating yeah, it was gift. Cool. So, anyways, good time. Only got one more, one more home game left, Beach. It'll be a good one in two weeks, but we're not going to talk about that right now because that's in two weeks. All right, Beach, let's talk about the Pac-12 in the polls right now. So, as okay. of yesterday, when the AP poll came out, Oregon moved up to number three, UCLA to eleven, Arizona State fell to thirteen, Arizona's up to fifteen. Utah is up to 20, and USC is at 24. Now, in the USA Today coaches poll, Oregon is also at number three, UCLA at 12, Arizona at 13, Arizona State at 14, Utah at 21, and USC at 24. Now, Beej, as of last week, when they um, did the playoff poll, which is the one that's decided on by that that uh, committee of, of experts, Mm-hmm. And, and this will change this week. But Mississippi State was at one. Oregon, boo, was at two. Florida State was at three. And TCU was at four. With Alabama at five and Arizona State at six. So Mississippi State lost Beach to Alabama. So I think Al- it's going to be obvious Alabama should bump up into that top four. But how far does... I, I thought Florida State, I think Florida State bumped up to number one. Uh, they haven't announced this yet. Okay, for some reason, I, I thought I heard that Florida State was number one, Oregon was... This will get was... announced tomorrow. 
Hmm. Tuesday. Okay. I wonder what the hell I was listening to. So they're number one in the overall poll. In the okay. AP poll. Maybe that's what I was listening to. So, alrighty, Beach. So, so Billy, just to clarify, um, Oregon's already secured the Pac-12 Correct. North. Um, who is second place in the Pac-12 North? Oh heck, Beach! I'm not even because, sure right now. Is it because you said Stanford's lost Stanford four. or here? Hold on, let me look this up. It's it's a mess. It's truly a mess. Because I mean, we've lost quite a few. Washington's lost quite a few. The, the North is a is a. Everybody's lost. Yeah, the North is a mess. Here, I'm going to go to it right now. Pac-12. Okay, so right now. In the Pac-12 North, you have Oregon at six and one. <laughs> then you've got Stanford at three and four, Cal at three and five, Washington at two and five, Washington State at two and five, and Oregon State at two and five. Gosh, so there's, it'll be lucky if any of these teams even are are bowl eligible. Well, you're gonna have a lot of teams playing for that bowl eligibility these next two weeks. Wow. And in the South, you have USC at six and two. UCLA at five and two, Arizona State at five and two, Arizona at five and two, Utah at four and three, and Colorado at zero oh and seven. And the only one that's completely out of it in the South is Colorado. So the complete opposite of the North. Mm-hmm. The South this year is beat up on the North. So, yeah, and it, it's a mess because you've got USC and who's the other one? USC and Cal only have. One game left apiece. Um, everyone else has two. So okay. it's just, it's going to be ugly. We'll have to wait and see what happens. Only one game, only one Pac-12 game left apiece. So, okay. But uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see what shakes out in the south down here. You could end up with a five-way tie. Then how do they, they figure that out? All these... Go by. Uh, machinations that'll decide i think if it's a five-way tie i think utah goes with the way it works because they've been the longest since no they it were. has to do with who they've beat and what and whatever so. okay oh, it reminds me of the three-way tie for the pac-10 championship back 2000? in what 99 yeah. 2000 yeah washington and oregon yeah where everybody beat the other one so there's no clear winner so it didn't that end up going to just no. a vote um they all had lot one loss in the Pac-10. Oregon had beat Washington. Mm-hmm. Washington beat Oregon State. Oregon State had beat Oregon. So there was no conference tiebreaker. So then it went to overall record. Oregon State won all three of their out-of-conference games. Washington mm-hmm. won all three of their out-of-conference games. Oregon had lost to Wisconsin. So that automatically okay. dropped Oregon to third. And then Washington okay. beat Oregon State, so they went. Okay. Yeah, that's how that worked. Okay, gotcha. All right, Beach, now it's time of the show for your favorite section, the Tommy Tuberville. What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. (laughs) Jackass of the Week Award. Every week we like to discuss a person in athletics who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan. Now, Beach, before we do this, I want you to get on your computer, as you already should be, right? Uh Uh-huh. And I want you to go to YouTube... Okay. okay. Just tell me when you've got YouTube up. I'm up and running. Okay. Okay. Now I want you to I want you to search NFL um 
2014 Cheap Shot. And if it comes up, don't play it. I think that's what I want you to do. Yes. And it should say Jay Glazer NFL Cheap Shot of the Year 2014. Okay. Yes. So click on it, but don't play it yet. Okay. Okay, hold on. It's, it's... Tell me when you're ready. Oh, I'm just going to start going. So this, okay, is, uh, this goes out to Tennessee Titan backup tight end Chase Kaufman, who just coincidentally played for the University of Missouri against Oregon State in the 2007 Sun Bowl. Now, Kaufman was fined $30,000 by the NFL for what might be the cheapest of all cheap shots last week. Now, Bidge, go ahead and watch the video. Okay. And as you see in the video, Kaufman, towards the end of the play, continues running out of bounds. Right? Okay, it's still playing. That's it's a little it's bit. Too talking as talking, understand. Okay, here he runs goes. out here of bounds goes. and completely clobbers a Baltimore Ravens assistant coach. Did you see that? Did you see it? What the exactly. hell? Exactly. Can you believe that? What did he do it for? Because he's an ass? I don't know. Huh, messed up, huh? Now, that it is messed. He like pulls over and then so just... he runs out of bounds. He kind of gets knocked out of bounds and he keeps running and he just clobbers an assistant coach who isn't even looking at him. Assistant coach no, for the other no. team. Now, after the game, Tennessee coach Ken Weisenhunt claimed to Baltimore head coach John Harbaugh that the hit was unintentional. And I say bull crap. It's just yeah. odd. He just runs out there and just... I mean, I've never seen a player... Because he's a good five yards out of bounds. Yeah, yeah, and... Yeah, messed up, huh? It is really messed up. Yeah. Anyways, he was fined $30,000 by the NFL for that. I mean, the, really, the reason why it was only seen was because somebody had that video. Because yeah, the, the, I mean, the, the TV cameras weren't on it. No, no, it wasn't. definitely wasn't a professional shot. No, that's just shot. somebody from, from the stands shooting it. Now, he was fined $30,000, which might not seem like much, but he only makes seven hundred and thirty a year. So it's not like he's making millions. He's in a yeah, one-year contract yeah. with the Titans. And I wonder if he might not get signed next year. Some stupid move like that. I would think he just That's lost right. it. So for that just bull crap, I don't know why you'd hit a coach play. I mean, it's one thing to clobber a player, but another. about a coach? Yeah, yeah. For that bonehead just... Cheap shot of the year. Chase Kaufman, you get this week's. <laughs> Jackass of the Week Award. All right, Beach. I couldn't believe that. I, I'm just dumbfounded. Like, why would you pick the coach? I mean, you know, maybe the head coach, but I, who who was the coach? Was it like coach. a defensive coordinator? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, why, why would he have a target on himself, you know? Yeah. Just hey, speaking of Target, what was up with Wynn getting called for those two what seemed to be BS calls on the kickoff? One for targeting and anything. Did I you have hear? No clue. I mean, because that was so far from targeting on that it wasn't one. Even close. On that, no, it's like, and then the next, the the this next kickoff, same thing. Wynn gets penalized for something yeah. else. I can't remember what it was, but something less controversial. Yeah, but still, I don't know if they had. You know, and I don't know if I feel like the ref wanted him well, out of the game. And I don't game. know that could be 
That could be um, a coach or a player on the other side going, hey, ref, you need to watch 45. He's dirty. He's dirty or something like that. Who knows? Well, thank, thank God for the ref upstairs to override that. Him uh, getting kicked out. Yeah, the because targeting. Now with the targeting, what they will do is the penalty will still be in effect, but they will actually review it to find out if he actually was targeting the head. Because sometimes it looks like, you know, it might in 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 gameplay, it looks like that was a targeting penalty. But then you watch it on replay mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, no, he hit him with his shoulder. Right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah let's, I'm glad that was overturned. But. But it didn't even look like he hit him with a shoulder. It looks like his head, kind of you know, his helmet. It, it was such a light impact. It was a light yeah, impact. It didn't make any sense to me. All right, Beach. Now it's time for our ACDC musical interlude. And uh, we're getting up there down to our last two released ACDC albums. We're up to 2000s. Now, the last one came out in 2005, or uh, excuse me, 1995. Um, that was Ball Breaker came out in 95. This one, five okay. years later, 2000. Stiff upper lip. Now, there's a couple ways I thought we could go. First way I thought was Safe in New York City, which is a pretty good song. But what's kind of funny is that came out in 2000, uh, a little more than a year before the Twin Towers got attacked. I found that a little hmm. interesting. But, that is kind but of Beach, I thought we had to go with the title track, Stiff Upper Lip, which is really just a good, down and dirty, ACDC power chord ripping song sound good you know i i i think it's probably the best one on the album uh there's a couple other good songs but i think it's the best so here we go beach with a stiff upper lip Stiff, stiff up a lip, like a down in the hell, one bad in the fire, and I'm big and loud, and I broke your frame. I keep a stiff up a lip, and I shift from the hip. I keep a stiff. Yeah. 
Bees. That was Stiff Upper Lip. How'd you love it? Dude, I always love that one. Great song. Great song. So next week we'll have uh, the last so far released album. They actually have a new album coming out in a couple weeks. So. Oh, you know, and Beach Kyle reminded me, you know, we really hadn't talked about ACDC's drummer, Phil Rudd. I thought we talked about him I, last week. We talked week. about him a little bit, but so now he's been basically he's not in the band anymore. Yes, I read that uh, last week. I read that in the thing. They said he's probably not going to go on tour. They said they said they had a hard time even getting him to record for this yeah, last album. And it's, it sounded really like it was just drugs. Drugs, mm-hmm. which is crazy for a 60-year-old man. Yeah. hooked on drugs. But, you know, everybody's got their demons. Yeah, so now it's it's really just going to be uh, Brian Johnson, uh, Angus, and uh, uh, who's a bassist? Uh, Cliff Williams. Cliff Williams. So it's going to be those three and two other yeah, dudes. Well, uh, was it uh, uh, Nick Young? Is it Nick? Oh, he's going to be he's replacing, replacing uh, yeah. one of their nephews. And then I don't know who the drummer will be. But they've had different drummers. Uh, Phil Rudd had been kicked out of the band before. Yeah, for about yeah. 10 years. Yeah, I and think. they had uh, Chris Slade was the big bald guy back there during the Razor's Edge album and tour. So they've, they've mm-hmm. got different guys they can go with. Yeah, I read a thing about when Phil Rudd was gone. They said him and Malcolm Young got into mm-hmm. it, and they ultimately kicked him out of the band. But then 10 years went by, and they, they said they felt something was missing and ultimately brought him back because I guess maybe there was, you know, better charisma between be. them all or Could something. Be. Yeah. I, I still think though, I mean, ultimately it's Malcolm, um, Malcolm and Angus Young that, that yeah. did all the, the songwriting. Yeah. All right, Beach, so. let's move on to our pack 12 week 13 preview. So are you ready to go with this? So beach, we didn't, we didn't oh. complete after last week, after last week, the totals were, you and Kyle with 48 out of 76, and I am at mm-hmm. 50 out of 76. So, All right, Beach, so we will get ready for week 13. All right, Beach, all the games this week will be on Saturday, November 22nd. First okay. up, Washington State at Arizona State. Who you got? Uh, I'm thinking Arizona State's going to come back from that tough loss and kick Washington State's butt. Okay. <laughs> um, Kyle said, week 12 and perfect picks. I should drink more often. <laughs> yeah, that was Kyle's drinking and, and effort, wasn't and it? And he says, and how have you not discussed the arrest of the drummer for ACDC? We just did. So, now he said, uh, if the Beavers could beat them, anyone can. He said that as a coach. I don't think so, Leach. Coog players lose the game. For punishment, they have to go back to Pullman. So he's picking Arizona State. Leach honestly said that? Okay. I don't know. That's what he's got, but I don't think he would actually say that. Um, I, too, am taking Arizona State. Okay, next up, Beach. Arizona at Utah. Um... Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I'm going to take Utah. Okay. Kyle, because Ky- I've already got my picks written down. Kyle says, I'm really hoping we get the five-way tie in the South. Utes win. They probably sack Solomon a couple times, too. 
And I, too, am taking Utah. So, we all got the same picks there. All right, Beej. Third game, and this is actually the big game. Stanford at Cal in the big game. Who you got? Stanford at Cal. You know, that's an interesting one. Cal, I think, has become better than people thought. Stanford has fallen on hard times. I think Stanford's going to redeem their season with it, though. I think they're going to win the big game. All right. Kyle says, sounds like a big game. Stanford stops Cal and scores just enough to win. So he takes Stanford. I, too, am taking Stanford. All right. Up next, Beach, Colorado at Oregon. You know, I would love to see Colorado. I mean, that would put an exclamation point on their on their season, mm-hmm. you know. It'd be that year that Pettibone lost every game except against the Ducks. Um, it, you know, that'll save that coach's <laughs> career. Actually, he's still, what is this, his second year? Uh-huh. Is, is it, it's his second Who? year, isn't it? So he still doesn't have his Who? players in. Uh, coach for Colorado. Oh, yeah, yeah. McIntyre, yeah, it's his second year. Yeah. Um, again, I'm rooting for Colorado like a mofo, but I'm going to say Oregon's going to okay. win. They've had two weeks to, to prepare for this game, and I don't see them overlooking Colorado, yeah. even though I hope they do. So Kyle says, though I would love Colorado to go all Skynet and blow up the college football playoff ranking, he said. Uh, Kyle said that was somebody else's analogy, the Ducks win. All right, Beach, I too am taking the Ducks. All right, Beach, next up, USC at UCLA. The Battle um, of LA. Wow. You know, we never played uh, UCLA this year. Nope. What's their record? Are they they're one of those they're, five they're and like three teams? Six and two. Six and two. I think. Are they five? I think they're five and two. Hmm. They're five and two because I think USC plays Notre Dame next week. I'm gonna go with UCLA on this really? one. I'm I'm thinking they're uh, playing at UCLA at the Rose Bowl, and uh, I think their uh, 80-yard practice facility is really going to pay off this week. All right, Kyle says for the teams to get to six and three in the South, I need UCLA to get the victory bell. So he's going with UCLA. I'm okay. going to rank Rex on this one and take USC. I'm going to take USC. Okay, so. And the last game, Beach, Oregon State at Washington. To quote Billy, I'm just going to say, you know what? Washington's just not all that good this year. Beavs are going to get the win. Beavs, nice. X gets, X a square. gets a square. Kyle says, Oregon State makes twice as many third downs conversions as last game. Beavers hold off the Huskies and win. Bowl eligible. Now, he says twice as many third down conversions. They only had like two or three. They didn't have that many. Most mm-hmm. of those uh, scores came on. They were they didn't have a lot of third down conversions. Period. Yeah, yeah. At one point there was only one, and they were like partway through the second half. So, all right, Beach. So you take the Beavs. Kyle's taking the Beavs, and I, of course, am taking the Beavs because I keep saying Washington is just not that good, and the Beavs owe them an ass whipping. 
for last year. Yes, they do. From that freaking bullcrap non-targeting penalty or lack two thereof. Ago. Two years ago. I'm still bitter, son of a bitches. Yeah. yeah, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. So, anyways, Beach, so we could have some movement. Could have some movement next week. It's like X-Lax, baby. Could have some movement. So I will either only be up by one going into the last week, or I'll be up by three. Okay. So there we go. All right, Beach. It's now time for your segment of the night, the Rosie Ruiz Cheaters and Horrors. She's just a girl. She's a ball. You know, I tried to pick some obscure crap, so this one is very interesting. Okay. Have you ever heard of a person named Dora Rotten? No. Well, Dora competed in the high jump at the 1936 Olympics in Berlin. Okay. However, her real name was not Dora. But it is not her name that made her a cheater. It was what she was packing when she did the say, high jump. Was it more like Donald or? Yeah. Can you guess what she was packing, Billy? She was probably hiding the sausage. Yes. In fact, her real name was Heinrich Rotten. And she had a penis. <laughs> nice. However, this minor detail was not discovered until after the Second World War when he was found working as a waiter, not a waitress, in Hamburg. Really? So was he German? Yeah. While he did hold the world record for a while in the uh, in, for a while in the 1936 Olympics, he actually came in fourth behind behind three actual women. Wow. So, story goes in 2009, Time produced a movie called Berlin 36, uh-huh. where Rotten claimed that leaders of the Hitler Youth had coerced him into binding his genitals and competing as a woman. The theory was uh, the theory behind this was so Hitler would not be embarrassed by somebody of Jewish descent winning a gold medal in Berlin. However, Der Spiegel, a German magazine, refuted the story as Time never interviewed Rotten before his death in 2008. Hmm. Um, I guess uh, genital binding made for a more interesting story, according yeah, to it Time. Sounds like it. Yeah, the truth is Rotten was born in Erikshof near Bremen into a family described as simple folk. The father, also Heinrich Rotten, stated that when the child was born, the midwife called over to me, Heine, it's a boy. But five minutes later, she said to me, it's a girl after all. Nine months later, when the child, who had been christened Dora, was ill, a doctor examined the genitalia and, according to Heinrich, said, let it be, you can't do anything about it anyway. It has been said his penis was quite scarred and non-functional. Later in life, Doris said, My parents brought me up as a girl, and I therefore wore, wore girls' clothes all my childhood. But from the age of 10 or 11, I started to realize I wasn't female, but male. However, I never asked my parents why I had to wear women's clothes, even though I was male. In his teen, teens, Dora began competing successfully as a girl at sports, apparently being too embarrassed to talk about what was happening to him. 
1936, he took part in the Olympics. Uh, in the Olympics, his teammate Gretel Bergman stating, "I never had any suspicion, not even once, in the communal shower. We wondered why she never showered herself, uh, showed herself naked. It was grotesque that someone could still be that shy at the age of 17. We just thought she's strange, she's odd, but no one knew or noticed anything about her different sexuality." So, kind of a little bit of a different cheater and yeah, whore on this yeah. one. Yeah, it's kind of sad so, almost. It, it almost is. I saw a picture, and it's definitely. I mean, I, I again after seeing the the German swimming team, you could see how maybe yeah. somebody could. <laughs> but Let's but um, him for her. Exactly, huh. but uh, it, it just you know, very very kind of a sad yeah. story, and sad that time had to make up such a kind of a uh anti uh i don't know you know the hitler youth thing yeah. which they they said you know was just totally fabricated ultimately it's just a boy that was very confused at an early age because he was essentially yeah. eunuch so huh. anyway but there you go there's an interesting cheater and whore uh, ultimately uh even though he didn't win any uh medals at the uh, olympics he did get his uh, world record reversed once it was found out that he was of male huh. persuasion that's weird you so, ever seen that horror movie yeah. from the 80s sleepaway camp no reminds me of that sleepaway yeah. camp yeah in it there's a I little, there's say, a little like, girl and the mom and the dad is weird and they make the little boy dress up like a little girl and she ends up going nuts and killing people at at the camp and it's it's a weird movie bruce springsteen's sister thought, was in it yeah really i thought this was more like the crying kind of kind of all right beach that's a good one kind of sad but good okay. all right anything else to add to today's show oh, i got nothing billy other than i hope we beat those no good sons of bitching huskies this i do week. too now we won't be going up it's just too dang late but mm. we will be watching it on tv actually i'm gonna be working at suds that night I'm thinking I might go to Spirit Mountain and watch it on the, uh, watch it in the That'd bar. That'd be cool. There. If I wasn't yeah. working, I'd come join you. Huh. All right. All right. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening to show number 56 of Illegal Participation. If you'd like to comment, send a suggestion, or ask a question, there are a few ways to get in touch with us. Voicemail, 541-207-3586. HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, at HeinrichTailgator. Or follow us or check us out on Twitter. Just search for HeinrichTailgator. Um, Beach, thanks for being here. Always clappy, happy to be yeah, had, great. Billy. And uh, next week, Beach, show number 57, and we will be getting ready for Civil War. Philly cheesesteak day, Billy. Last tailgate of the year, last game, last regular season game of the season, hopefully. Did you see that email that I sent to you? Yes, we do not know the time of the game next week yet. Sounds like yes, we won't it'll know until be... Sunday. That yeah. stinks. So, but I am on the inside track on it. I appreciate that. All right. So let's just finish it off with a great big Go Bees.
Okay. I think we are recording. Say something. Something. Cool. Let me know cool. when you get that. Let me know when you get that. Then as, you're, as soon as you're ready to go, we will haul butt on this thing. Okay. Because as soon as I get off, I'm going to set up our FastPass Pluses. You got to do it. Something just happened. I got 45 emails. Oh, jeez. What does this mean? I don't think I sent you 45 emails. Let me know when you're ready. I'm pulling it. I'm downloading it. Alrighty, Billy, I'm ready. Let's do this shiz, man. <laughs>